Y'all, you're struggling what to figure out to get for that special someone in your life this holiday season. Lord knows it burns me up every damn year. I feel like I'm going to screw it up, and oftentimes I do. But uh, I got, forget all the generic gifts. It can just create clutter. They might not even want it. It just lays around. No, no, no. Let us recommend you a gift that is truly as unique as your relationship with that special someone. It's a professionally recorded song crafted just for them. Yeah, you heard that right. It's true. Now, listen, you might hear that be skeptical. What? I can get my own personally custom-made song based on my love for my loved one or whatever topic I want? Yes, you can, and we know because we have done it here at Putting On Airs. We got a song from Songfinch, our wonderful sponsor, and they made us their own custom-made rap song for POA, and I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be completely honest. When I heard about this, I was a little somewhat skeptical. You know, I was like... This, this sounds cool, but that's got to be very hard to do. I don't know about the quality. We'll see how it is. Was absolutely blown smooth away when the final product came in. I couldn't believe how hard it goes, how hard it bangs, how hard it slaps, and all of the above. It hits so hard, and I haven't really stopped listening to it since. Cho, you agree with me on that? I do agree with you, and not only do I agree with you, we've had a bunch of our buddies message us that was just like, you know, dude, that that goes insanely hard. And I agree. And by the way, Songfinch uh, walks you through a simple four-step process to create an original song. How do, how do I know that it's simple? Because I was the one that handled it, right? And if I can do it, you can do it. All you got to do is tell them uh, who the song is for, provide some personal details, and let them know the type of song you want. Then pick your favorite Songfinch artist or get matched with one, and they'll pour their heart out into writing, recording, and producing your original song in just four to seven days, which y'all... <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Special add-ons can help you to commemorate the occasion even more, like a vinyl record of your song, one-of-the-kind art crafted from your lyrics, or adding your song to streaming services so you can uh, give an even bigger surprise to your unsuspecting recipient. They are the only original music platform that guarantees you'll love your song or they'll work with you until you do. They stand behind their community of over a 1,000 artists and every original song they create, over 300,000 of them by the way so here you go for a limited time songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song on spotify for free so you can listen to your new favorite song anywhere you go go to songfinch.com slash poa and start your song after you purchase you'll be prompted to add spotify streaming for your original song for free that's a $50 value. Their offer is only available for our listeners at our special URL, songfinch.com slash POA. That's songfinch.com slash POA. And be sure to share your song with us. We want to hear it. Songfinch, good stuff. Hits. with a redneck flair oh yeah two rednecks but we're still fancy Put 
get drunk and we gon' talk a lot. Dress real fancy, sit in our chairs, sip on our tea, putting on airs. Two rednecks, but we're still fancy, putting on airs. We might not know much about history, we don't care. We gon' get drunk and we talk about yachts. We gon' get drunk and we gon' talk a lot. Dress real fancy, sit in our chairs, sip on our tea, putting on airs. Okay, it's Team Squad or Team Trey. So Trey, you better count your days and you better count your blessings Cause all the squirrels that you ran over, that you think are nameless, faceless Their families are getting together and plotting on you from the attic and basement So even though Corey is dumb, fat, and bald He knows how to avoid drama, don't get squirrels involved Two rednecks, but we're still fancy, putting on airs We might not know much about history, we don't care We gon' get drunk and we talk about yachts We gon' get drunk and we gon' talk a lot Dress real fancy, sit in our chairs, sip on our tea, putting on I'm sorry. What? I'm still thinking about you saying you're gaping mall. Yeah. Well, it's appropriate for you it know, is appropriate. What it this really mouth do it? It really, it really tickled me. You it, you 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 often crack me up during ads, but the way that you said gaping mall and how I know that you like you meant it, like the yeah. way in your voice you were like very reluctantly going my yeah. gaping, gaping mall. mall, like the disdain I have for my own mouth <laughs> and its tendencies. Your own mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like that. Well, welcome back, Airheads. Here we are once again, the virtual Airstream Studios. We hope you liked that uh, rare in-person edition last week featuring Tushar Singh. Realized after the fact that uh, we didn't even, I don't think, mention Christmas at all. So we hope y'all had didn't. a hit in Christmas. Yeah, episode came out three days before Christmas. and We didn't do nothing but talk about the brutality of, uh, of British imperialism, particularly on the Indian subcontinent. So well, that was holidays. out of respect to Tushar and his people, yeah. who I don't think celebrate Christmas. You know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we didn't. No, didn't it was we forgot. That's why. Yeah, we just didn't think about when it would actually come out or anything. But anyway, hope your Christmas hit. Did want to? Obviously, now you got New Year's coming up, and I'm going to go over some New Year's traditions that I didn't know about a little bit later. But we're also doing a doing a little end of the year end of the year cleanup episode here i know none of this makes sense to y'all you don't know this or maybe you do but we have a we have a document where we keep ideas for things to talk about in the show and a lot of them are little one-off fun tidbit type things that oh we could talk about that up top and we just oftentimes don't get to them or forget or do talk about something else and so we've accumulated a pretty massive list of these little topics and we're not going to get through even half of them probably today, but we thought we'd just go through them and try to clean our dock up a little bit because they wouldn't be in the dock if we didn't think they would hit for you. So it's just sort of random POA miscellanea, uh, pretty much we're going to get to in a little bit. But I wanted to tell you, Cho, about this. So I was trying to think today of what to talk about. And uh, I hadn't put it together yet because we're a little off on our schedule now because I'm going to be gone for the holidays and whatnot. So I hadn't put it together yet in my head that this was going to be like the new year's episode. So I was trying to figure mm -hmm. out like what I was going to talk about. 
and I just couldn't come up with nothing. Right. And I was already running behind and I went to take a shower. Right. Uh, and I was like, I was like, Oh, well, you know, maybe I'll have an idea in the shower. Right. Cause Happens. that's a thing. People talk about that all the time. And I don't Aaron's know why working. I would think that. Cause I don't think that's ever once happened to me. Not an idea that actually hits anyway. Right. My brain does do that thing that people are talking about. It's like you get in the shower and all of a sudden something comes to Your you. Subconscious. My yeah. brain does that, but it's utterly useless horse shit. That is sometimes funny. So like this what happened today. I got See, it in, works for me. I'll be honest. It really does it, work it for me. It apparently works for most people. It just yeah. you know, naturally don't hit for me. Why would it? But I <laughs> Again, well, don't always not hit as evidenced by what I'm about to tell you. It's just this was not actually helpful to me at all. Although I guess it was since I'm talking about it on the episode now. But I was like, I don't know what the fuck to talk about, but I got to get in the goddamn shower. Maybe something will come to me in the shower. I get in the shower, get in there, I'm in there less than 30 seconds, and something just pops fully formed into my brain, right? Out of nowhere, my brain just delivers me something. And this is what it was. I heard this voice saying these words in my head, apropos of nothing, out of nowhere, okay? It goes, <clears throat> hey, do you know Marky Mark and his funky bunch? <laughs> that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. In that voice, I just heard that voice introduce Marky Mark and the funky bunch to someone. And I started dying laughing you know and then realized like how useless that is it made me laugh even harder so now i'm just in the shower just sort of redoing that over and over and laughing at it it's like in his funky bunch you know because you know how like southern people they'll say like yes oh, him and his bunch you know this yes. bunch or yeah. whatever they <laughs> say that about like people's families right. and shit yeah. and Saying that about Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch in that contest or in that context is super funny to me. But I had not been thinking about Marky Mark. I had not been thinking about any kind of Funky Bunch. I had not been thinking Shower. about. Had not been thinking in that voice or anything. All of that just popped in my head out of nowhere. I say all of that. It's a sentence, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> but it popped well, in my it's head funny. out of nowhere, and it cracked me up. Me and you, me and you both have that particular voice in our head and mm -hmm. i don't know how to describe it other than like it's half it's half southern meemaw half southern gay man, gay man. like at yeah. the same time for sure uh we'll, we'll pretend it's more meemaw because then we won't get in trouble for how often we think it but like i also it's not that but i also often i'll either have a sentence pop into my head that mm -hmm. i think will be funny in that voice or i hear something and I'll think it in the, like, it's it's stupid shit. Like, every now and then I'll just be like, oh, bitch, if I don't get some Doritos, I'm going to die. You mm -hmm. know, like, and and it's that voice. Me and you have also often extolled the virtues of uh, uh, some of our favorite rap songs being sung in that voice. Hits yeah. really hard. Recommend uh, but yeah, uh, Shot You Down by Isaiah Rashad. <laughs> if you want to look that song yep. up and then imagine it in that voice in your head. It hits good pretty stuff. hard for me and Corey anyway. Uh, yeah, well, it's like, a, it's actually... It's almost like a an established voice at this point. I would yeah. argue, like there's a like Family Guy has a character. Family that Guy sounds has like a that. character who does that voice. I was just thinking about that earlier. After this popped in my head, I remember my favorite scene with that dude who pops up every now and then. 
super early on in Family Guy, one of the earliest seasons. It's the episode where Will Ferrell plays the Black Knight at a Renaissance fair or whatever. I love yeah. And <laughs> he's on the he's on his horse or whatever, and he's like looking around, he's talking shit to the audience or something, and he just goes, What's your fat ass doing here? And it cuts to that character who's sitting on a obese donkey. So that's the joke. But he, Will Ferrell goes, what's your fat ass doing here? And it cuts to him and he goes, he's my only means of conveyance. But I guess I do spoil him. <laughs> that is, that is so uh, goddamn funny. Dude. As soon as, as soon as you said one of my favorite scenes, I knew it was going to be that one. Cause yeah. yeah, not only is it probably the best scene with that particular character, but like, it's a pretty hall of fame, classic family guy cutaway scene Yeah, that I think they eventually like, they did it so much. They become parody of themselves, but like, man, them early cutaway scenes was flames. But the, uh, there's another one. I don't remember the full extent of it, but it's him. It's that character. It's about Oreos. Well, maybe the one I'm thinking of is in a grocery store line and Peter's like behind him in line and it's driving him crazy because he won't stop talking or whatever. And I remember the last line of it is he goes, Anyway, hope you don't mind to pay in pennies. And he just pulls out. <laughs> <the pennies. laughs> but uh, anyway, it's just, but also Zach Galifianakis for a long time had a character that was his twin brother, Seth Galifianakis, yeah. where it would just be Zach pretending to be his own twin brother. But Seth, he talked like that. That was yeah, Seth's he sure voice. did. That was Seth's and then voice, Marty yeah. Huggins in the campaign yeah. was basically that character. That character also in Family Guy. And I can't remember the whole thing, but there was a scene where. Uh, there was an AA meeting or something, and this dude gets up and just tells this like horrendous story of like why he's an AA and like everything that alcohol had made him do to his family. And I mean, it's just like fucking torture. And then it cuts back to that dude, and he's like the leader of the meeting, and he just goes, "Well, anyways, we got Oreos and punch because everyone <laughs> likes a snack." <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. But it's like the voice does so much of the heavy lifting of on it. Of course. But that's what I'm saying. That, those episodes, <laughs> those Family Guy episodes we're talking about, were like, bro, 25 years ago now. You know what I, I mean? Know. That's and crazy. I bet they were, his name is Mike something. One of the OG Family Guy writers is a Southern dude named Mike something. I'm pretty sure it's Mike. Uh, and I guarantee you that character was one of his, uh, for his sure. creations, I imagine. But yeah, I, I, I wish I could remember his, but that Family Guy obviously was huge to me as a teenager and young adult. And especially <laughs> me too. When somebody wanted to do comedy and stuff. I love that show so much. And I don't even remember how I found out that one of the writers was a Southern dude, but it like, it hit for me hit and for I never you. forgot yeah, it, of course. you know? Uh, yeah, of course. You remember that period of time when people for stupid people for the record, uh, thought that like you had to either like Family Guy or South Park, and you could yeah. not possibly like them both. It's so weird I how that shit back... happens sometimes. I, I was just talking about that on my Patreon this week because it was Keith Richards' birthday, and I mentioned how and much people my be dad... like Led Zeppelin's better. Well, I mentioned how much my dad loved the Stones, which he did, and I said he was also a Beatle maniac, and then I just started like going on this tangent about how like my dad never. There's a there's a kind of like Beatles or Stones thing. Yeah. And my dad is a massive fan of both of them and never entertained any of that for a second. Like I never even remember him acknowledging it was a thing. It was just you know like, it was just like these both hit for me super. I think gun to his head, Beatles are probably his number one, but he fucking loved the Stones. But man. but why, go, but why would you, anyone ever right? Why put a why gun is to your that head? Even like, a thing? It's, that you dude, like, tribalism is crazy. Like we fucking get right. tribal over because you see it today in like I I, I I know we haven't talked about it on here, but I think I brought it up to you. 
that like I I said like I on the internet I went and saw Ant Man and the Wasp or some shit or and I was like hey this movie wasn't getting great reviews but I personally loved it you know one of those hot takes that I'm known for and um I was a bunch of people coming in there and they were like oh I thought you were more of a Batman guy I, I thought you were like a big Batman guy and I was like yeah, Marvel DC I, that's another one for sure yeah and I was like I was like I am a big Batman guy so like you have to if you're a Batman guy you have to I'm like there's room in my day for multiple Right. Caped Crusaders, you know Star, what I mean? Star Wars, Star Trek, another or classic Star Trek. one. Yeah, I, when I was a kid, they're like, "No, I'm a Trekkie." Right, and I, you know, I no, I've never, I've never cottoned to none of that either. I, you no, know, me um, either. Like, just does the thing hit? Like Marvel and DC, the MCU yeah. was infinitely better than the DCEU, and that's an objective fact for sure. But but Aquaman rocked. But Aquaman hit, and like, I Batman is still probably my favorite overall superhero you know what i mean for sure and like the nolan movies kick ass and that's so i'm not but that don't make me a dc guy but i'm also not a marvel guy I was like growing up spider-man was my favorite i like spider-man and batman both super like super super much yeah right yeah stuff like yeah yeah man it's stupid people are so, dumb y'all quit being that way don't be that way so speaking of things that hit for you does new year's hit for you i bet it don't no no it don't, don't hit like for it. me either uh i've never had it expand uh, maybe there either. was I think there was possibly a time when I was younger that maybe it hit for me, but like the only reason it would have hit for me is because like I liked drinking anytime and it was a drunk holiday or whatever. But like, dude, I like, I spent the majority of my drinking youth. Like I was never, I dated a little bit, but like I wasn't a, you know, I, I people, women, did, they found me off putting. So like, it was all couples going out and stuff. And I didn't really care for that. And also I didn't, I was broke most of the time. And like, I don't know. It just like after Christmas, I'm just like, I'm done. <laughs> like I'm done. Let me not do anything. I used to, I used to go out, but I've I've never even when I was in like my twenties and going to bars all the time. I always was more of a dive bar guy than like any kind of nightclub or whatever that type of thing. Oh, like for I've, sure. My whole life, I've never liked big crowds of people. I can't stand having to wait forever to get a drink. I just hate all that shit, and I always have. It's pointless. And New Year's Eve is always like that everywhere you go because it's like that. I remember my old boss at Crawdads used to call it amateur hour uh, every year. Which like, and he owned a bar, you know, and he hated right. it, dude. He hated it. He was like, New Year's Eve is a fucking nightmare because everybody's just shit. Every, people that don't ever go out, now they're all out and they're all yeah. hammered as fuck and it's awful. But That's I still did it. That's a big point my, of it, too. Yeah, right. Is, yeah. is like... Yeah, it's just like you. It's those people who like they're getting their one night in, and right. they are just getting cataclysmic with their alcohol intake and going right. insane. And I'm with you. Like, I always, all of my favorite bars don't exist anymore because I always like bars where only three people were in there. Right, and you know, yeah. you can't you can't run yeah. a business like that. But then even they would be crowded on New Year's Eve, and it would suck. Yeah. So. It never hit for me, but I still would do it because it's like, well, what else am I going to do? You know, like, right. that's just what Not you do. Drunk. But, at, but you know, I had kids pretty early at 25. And, dude, since I we had the boys, my boys are only really just now old enough to, like, stay up till midnight on New Year's if they want to. But, like, so for the past, like, 12 years, I bet I ain't even been conscious at midnight for maybe two or three of them. You know what I mean? Like, I normally, I just go to bed like any other night and and, you know. Don't worry about it. Ever since I had I was kids, pretty say, much. It, 
it's funny that your kids are now the age where they can stay up till midnight and you're at the age where it's so hard to stay up. I don't up want until to. Yeah, no, I, like, it just right. kind of me, I was like, oh, they're probably going to start wanting to stay up till midnight. And, you know, you got to yeah. let them. But in my head, I'm going to be course. like, God damn it. Maybe just yeah. let them stay up and I'll just go to bed. Of I don't course. Know. <laughs> that would get harder for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? But no, I'm with you, dude. Like I, I too haven't been conscious for a ball drop in for now. And I haven't had kids, but like me and Amber, we've been married. So we're not like, I don't know. She likes the go out type thing, but our, our December is so busy with like, we got multiple birthdays and then we got different family Christmases that like, dude, by the time, like we're still recovering by December 31st. And I just, I just don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, tomorrow will be a different year and it won't matter. It's not, people have this like, and I, I think I used to fall in this somehow where like, you know, with all the resolutions and we're like, well, if I can just get through this year, you know, like we'll be having, like this year has been crazy, like politically, culturally. And we're like, God damn, I can't wait for this year to be over. And it's like, as if when the clock strikes 12 and the calendar moves into 2024, we just start the fuck over and none of that stuff is even going on anymore. Like nothing changes. It all fucking sucks. It just means we're a year older and we're going to die quicker. And uh, I do like New Year's Day, though, because my mama makes that, like, stereotypical meal, and that hits yeah, me. I was going to bring that up. Also, college football hits on yes. New Year's Day and all that stuff. But, uh, okay, so you said stereotypical. Another word for it is traditional meal in the South. Right. You're talking about uh, black-eyed peas? Black-eyed peas, collard greens, cornbread, uh, like, what is it, ham, you know, like a ham pork hocks, or something. Or, ham uh, hocks, Yeah. Is that what it is? Is it ham hock? It's some kind of pork, like smoked pork, right? With the beans yeah, and the some sort collard of, greens. Some sort of smoked pork. I can't, and it's like, so the black-eyed peas are for luck. The collard yeah. greens are for money. The ham hock is for, um, uh, oh, what is it? Hitting. Uh, yeah, right, to hit. Uh, and then I don't know if cornbread means anything. It's just you slop up all the hits with it. But, like, I love that meal. Now, when I was younger... Uh, and I would go get drunk on New Year's Eve. That meal hit really hard because that's a fantastic hungover yeah, meal. Hangover but meal. Now, yeah. But now, dude, like I ain't getting drunk on New Year's night. I sleep and then I wake up and I fast until that meal so I can like go hard on it. So, see, I never even had that. Like we, my dad had. Well, you didn't of... have any food growing up. <laughs> we, you that's know, okay. we had. We oh, had these like, greens are going to bring us money, and these yeah, beans bullshit. are going to bring us luck. Maybe that We've is been, what it was. I've been I don't eating know. them by the can for years. I ain't got My, shit. I don't. I don't know what it was because we did. Obviously, we did Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that. A lot of the same shit most people do. I didn't even know that that was a thing until I got with Katie. Genuinely, living in the South my whole life, I never knew it. And like first year I was with Katie, she was like. You know, we're in our 20s. We live in an apartment. We went out on New Year's Eve. We get up the next day, and she's like, oh, where are we going to? We got to find this. We got to go somewhere. And a lot of restaurants in the South, they sell that on New Year's Day yeah. if they're open. She's like, we got to go find this. I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, what? How do you not know what I'm talking about? And then she told me the whole thing. And then it, she's like, still to this day, you know, she makes it a point. And I mean, I oh, guess me now too. I do too since I've been with her. But like, yeah, she's like, she won't go that day without eating that stuff. Um, and a lot of times we're in Salina and like, I remember one year Ollie's the soul food place there, uh, which mm. it hits real hard, by the way, if you're ever in Clay County and don't be, but if you are, uh, <laughs> Ollie's soul food joint is fire. 
and they do the traditional meal, the black eyed peas on new new year's day. And, uh, but one year we were doing something else and they closed earlier than she expected. And she, you know, about flipped out about it and had to like call, call Autumn or like somebody. Legit to bring superstition. Some oh, I don't know. She was just like, we just can't, I just can't not have that. You yeah. Know? So I don't know. But so obviously I, that got me to thinking, first of all, I want to say side note, you mentioned like, Oh, today's a new or tomorrow's a new day and a new year and a new everything. If I can just get through this year and the way people think about time and stuff, the first thing I thought I wanted to try to talk about was to not just be quite so uh, obvious when it comes to like new year's traditions, which is what I am going to talk about. But before that, I was like, maybe I'll talk about uh, the calendar, right? The cat, because the calendar is a wild thing. The Gregorian one that we got. Cause it's all right. It's all, we think about it, it's arbitrary, right? It's in completely way, arbitrary. But except it's kind of not because of well, the way now the that sun we made and, it. Well, no, but but also the way the sun and the moon be. You know what I mean? Okay. Like nope. t- time is arbitrary, right? But right. like the sun and the moon operate consistently the same way. And like right. we go through, you know what I mean? The sun comes up, sun goes down, it spends the same amount of time in the air. Now it's only 24 hours because we called it going. 24 hours, but whatever right. it is. It's the same every day, right. every year. It there are seasons. Every month, the moon goes through the same phases, and those things are consistent. So, like, if you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use. And you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Gradually over the years, as we came out of the caves and stuff, we had to find ways to make all that make sense. And that right. was a process, you know. And that was important like, because, because of like crops it, and ag- Yeah, right. right. Exactly. Crops, like you food, have to be like, no, we do this. Harvest. Right. It, yeah. You have yeah. to keep up with it or you yeah, people because might starve. Like, you know? I mean, the reason that 420 is when you smoke weed is because like that's the, you know, April 20th is like, it's either the day that's best to plant or the day that's best to harvest. And obviously all of that comes from the moon and shit like that. And so like, yeah, people had to know. So, okay, I'm with you that now it's not arbitrary, but at doing it though, like, no, you're right. It, no, it's, well, it's only, it, it still is arbitrary in the sense that like, 
<clears throat> theoretically, it could be 24 months that have 15 yeah. days. And it, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like the sections we broke it down in are arbitrary, but it's not entirely arbitrary on account of how the sun and the moon be. And you I just reminded that, me of yeah. uh, speaking of like things being arbitrary. My mother's birthday, uh, which after this episode, when this episode coming out, we would have already celebrated is December 26th which is, you know, arguably the worst day to have a birthday um, because, and she'll attest to this, when Christmas is over, everybody done. Everybody done with all the shit. It's like, all right, you know, we've done the presents, yada, yada. And so mom's day was always kind of like everyone was hung over from Christmas, right? And so I've always tried to make it special for her, but she's just like, well, it's, it's not anybody's fault. It's just hard to give a shit on December 26th. So a couple years ago, I told her, it was after we started doing this show, and I'd done an episode on the Queen, and we were talking about how there's a there's whatever the Queen's birthday is, but there's also the royal birthday, which takes yeah. place in, like, June or July, because at one king said, my birthday don't hit for me, I want it to be sunny. And I tell my mom, I was like, why don't we just do that? And she's like, well, yeah. I can't, because that's just my birthday. It's yeah. like, but who well, gives a shit? We'll just celebrate in, it this day. In defense of your mom, I think there's something kind of inherent with humans at this point. It's like uh, it's just been handed down societally and culturally for so long or something. Because uh, one of my sons has a very similar birthday. I don't want to say it's his exact birthday, but it's right, it's right in that same ballpark. It's very, very close to Christmas. And I've always felt bad about that. And I've told him, and it, it does kind of suck. Every year, it yeah. kind of sucks for him, and I hate that. But, like, years ago, when starting when he was, like, five or six, I started telling him the same thing. I was like, buddy, if you want to, we can celebrate your birthday. We can, like, pretend, you know, explain it to a kid. We can pretend your birthday is in the summertime, right? When like, like, not Christmas, and it don't have to be like this. And even as, like, a little kid, he just never, he never really right. wanted to do that. Cause I think there's something in it. It's like, but that's not my birthday though. Yeah, you know what I right. mean? And like, I know that some people do it, but I'm saying your mom and my child have a similar mindset about it. So right. I think there's something there. It's just like, I guess I kind of get it. I kind of, kind of get being like, yeah, but that ain't my birthday. You know no, what I mean? I hear you. Like, I hear so, you. But, but it does kind of you know, suck. You're, you're right. It sucks, every, every, man. every feel, year I feel sort of bad about it. But. And I would feel even worse if it was my kid. But, like, I've always felt bad for my mom, dude. Like, it's just always bummed me out because, like, you know, she's the goddamn matriarch of the family. She's awesome. She does so much for us. And then on her birthday, she's sitting there like, I know. It's fine. Go home and take a nap. We ate too much yesterday. But, you know, I do know this about my mom. If you took away her right to complain about a thing that would not hit for her. So, right. Yeah. You know, so, but anyway, about the calendar stuff, I was like, that's a cool thing to talk about. And we've kind of talked about it a little bit, uh, but I was like looking into it and I quickly realized like, I'm too dumb to just talk about this. Right. <laughs> about so how, we're giving up. I thought, yeah, but I thought it was interesting how like, cause used to, with there's been a bunch of different calendars in all these different right. cultures over the millennia, and they mostly they've mostly had most of those cultures had a concept of New Year's. This is when the New Year starts. Like New Year's as an idea goes back five thousand years or whatever or more. Because China got a different calendar, don't they? They do still. They got the Chinese New Year. Although I think they've also adopted the Gregorian calendar for like international business commercial or whatever purposes pur commercial thank you that's what i was international yeah, right. but yes commercial purposes and I th but anyway but you know in the past they had different calendars and so like some people's new year would be on 
uh, I remember there was one culture's New Year was on December 25th, Christmas Day, right? Right. Which was like Christmas, but not Christmas. It was a different version of Christmas, like that predates Christmas, but they still did a thing on December 25th. And then some of the New Year's were in March and some of them would be in the middle of March. And it's weird to think about like being in the middle of March and it's like today's March 15th. Tomorrow's March 16th. But, but that's the start of a new year. Right. You know what I mean? And in my head, I was like, that's all like, that just don't make no sense. But then I was right. like, well, but none of it really makes sense. It right. only makes sense to me because it's just what has been ingrained in us over the years. But I wanted to talk about how all that played out. But then again, I started looking into it. And I was like, well, it turns out this is a complicated subject and I've got 22 minutes, you know, right. to, to, to try to uh, prepare for it. So I, I, uh, audibled on that, but I do think it's an interesting well, thing for, well, you let's know, put a pin in it to think about. Yeah. Right. Um, Y'all should go read about it. No, put a pin in should. it and I'll, well, so I'll read I'd some like, more about it. I know that for example, there's the Julian calendar, which Julius Caesar instituted, right. right? Which is so very close to our current Gregorian calendar. And it existed for like 1,500 years, and then a pope named Gregory changed it to the Gregorian calendar, which is what he we was have the cat now. Guy. But here's – he was? I, I think he so, was the cat guy. What do you mean the cat guy? The one that banished all the cats. I'm pretty mm. – of, of course, there was a bunch of Pope Gregories. There were – this yeah. one's like Gregory the Eighth or something. Yeah, so one I, of know. them Gregories is, is yeah. him. Pope Greg is funny, you know. That is funny. Pope Greg, it just oh, don't Pope have Greg. the same sort of uh, je ne sais quoi that like no, Pope it does not. Benedict or fucking, you know, John Paul III. Anyway, and the only difference between the two is that like the Julian calendar, they figured out they were like the, the, the year has 365.25 days. Leap year. Right. So every fourth year, there's a leap year, which we still do that, right? Of course. And this is where I start to get lost a little bit, is that, uh, but after 1,500 years of that calendar, they started realizing that, like, because again, the sun beat away the sun beat. After like 1,500 years of that calendar, it's March 3rd or something, and the sun is in its equinox, its spring equinox or whatever, and they were like, well, that ain't right. That's right. That ain't supposed to be. And, and then they figured out, they were like, and that's where Pope Gregory comes in. They were like, you know how we said it was 365.25? It's actually 365.2425. So oh, shit. That's what they said. They was like, it's off by this much. Basically, every 100 years or something like that, you lose a day in the Julian calendar. And after a long time, that fucks you up. Yeah. So they changed it to the current version. <laughs> um, but that's the only difference between the two. And apparently the Eastern Orthodox Church apparently they still live on the Julian calendar, I guess. So I don't know if they're like on a slightly different day than us or what. I don't know. But anyway, the whole thing is, it is wild and it is interesting. I'm just too dumb and uninformed to talk no. about it in depth. Um, well, you've just blown my mind a little bit because like leap year, I've always known like the, okay, the reason we do that is because technically there's, it's just a touch bit longer. And in my right. brain, I, I was just always like, Okay, well, like, who gives a shit, though? Like, can't we just do this and it's fine? But, like, to your point, that would be fine for a couple years. But right. then after, But it will I get thrown know, off. Yeah. Yeah, after, like, I don't know how many years, like, you see, keep doing it and keep doing it. And one day, July's fucking cold. You know what see, I mean? And you're like, see, wait, that's what, what the I'm fuck? Saying, that's what I'm saying about how, like, not arbitrary. it's not really arbitrary. Right. Like, again, the, you know, there's other, the way we conceive of time and everything is sort of arbitrary, but not entirely on account of the way the sun and the moon be. Like, there well, is and it's not consistency the, there. And, 
you know, shout out to our ancestors for figuring out a system that <laughs> that made all that work. Oh, made Greg. it all make sense because that's uh, you know, I wouldn't know how to do it. Tell you that much. Well, like, okay, so time is arbitrary in so many ways, but like in the sense of like, we've made it be this. So like, look, 6 a.m. means that like in terms of like, I'm so glad we've got this fi this system figured out because like me and you know when to record podcasts. Like imagine if you were like, when are we gonna do the episode tomorrow? And I was like, when the sun yeah. reaches the, you know, whatever. Right. And that would be insane, but like, it's not the ways in which it's not arbitrary or which it is arbitrary that so many people still like adhere to it is like i know so many people who like if it's six o'clock in the morning no matter what they hungry for they have to eat breakfast food even if they don't want to eat breakfast yeah. food like and my, that is like, weird it is weird like my my uh well my fa father-in-law who i love we was on the road the other day and we were at uh we were getting breakfast pizza at this place and he was getting a breakfast pizza and he goes uh he's like you know i actually like their regular pizza more but you know it's eight in the morning and i was like did they not have any of the regular pizza and he's like no they had it and i was like well you just get it and he's like well it's the morning and like uh it, yeah, but i feel like that we don't even is, i feel like pizza has eased its way into there meaning like cold pizza i remember espn literally <laughs> yeah, had pizza, that show yes. called cold pizza Loved and it was it. in the morning and the whole concept of that was like you got leftover cold pizza you get up hung over you just shoved that in your gaping mall right uh, but yeah, no, it, well, the whole, that, yes, the whole, like, this is for breakfast. I don't, that's all completely arbitrary, but like, it's kind of got me too. There's times where I'll, me too, for, you know what? I don't know if you feel this way, but I like, there's certain things, pizza's one of them. There's certain things that ain't breakfast food, but that do seem to kind of hit in the morning specifically. And I don't know why, and for me, uh, leftover pizza and leftover Chinese food. You ever fuck oh, leftover yeah. Chinese food in the morning time, bro? Who are you talking to? It goes hard, man. It goes it hard. But there's but other hard. things, though. Like, I wouldn't want to eat, like, a... A tuna salad. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. And by that, I mean a seared tuna salad. I love, a, I love salad. a tuna, tuna melt, tuna salad yeah. sandwich, whatever, but not in the morning, you know? So, I don't know what makes that be the way. It also is kind of arbitrary. It's like, you know, cake is bad for you. But right. not in the morning if it's in the form of a muffin that doesn't have frosting on it, or a or in the shape of, of a pan, ones, yeah. you know, yeah, right. a stack of flat cakes. That's right. that's that's yeah, that's a cornerstone of a of, of a good good start to your day right there. But yeah, uh, yeah, there's so many things that are arbitrary about how we live, including these traditions. So that, that's where I want to get back to. We so we have the tradition of the black eyed peas and the collard greens and all that, and that got me to wondering like, what are other people's New Year's traditions that we don't know. So I looked them up. I'm going to share some with you. Uh, in Spain, as midnight approaches on New Year's Eve, everybody shoves, according to this, everybody shoves 12 grapes into their mouth. Um, yeah. And some people that some people are like, no, you got to get all 12 in there without smushing them, right? And then <laughs> eat them all at once. But other people are like, no, you can eat them on the way. You just got to eat 12 grapes, like back to back to back. No, that ain't right? how it is, you dumbass. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, and as far as the origin of it, the only thing I can find it says it seems the tradition started back in 1909 when there was a larger than usual harvest of grapes in Spain. And so they just made up this new thing. It's like, you know what you do on New Year's? You shove a bunch of grapes in your mouth because they were sitting around yeah. like, what are we going to do with all these goddamn grapes? Yeah. And people were like, you know, bueno or whatever. And then they fucking, then they've just done it ever since. Right. My theory was that uh, it was. <laughs> so here's here's where my brain immediately went to. 
there was some fat sultan, right? And yeah. he had shoved a bunch of grapes in his mouth a- around that time. And someone was like, oh, look at the sultan. He's fat. None of these accents or words match. But like, they were like, oh, look at. And he was like, what? And then he was like, first off, lop their head off for calling me fat. But also, what you don't know is you're supposed to shove 12 grapes in your mouth right. right now. And then everyone was like, no, you're right. I knew that. And they just shoved 12 grapes in their mouth. And then that became a thing. So in Germany and Finland, they have a tradition called lead pouring, where you melt a little container of lead over a candle or over a flame or whatever till the lead is liquid. And then you pour that, you know, you drip that into a container of cold water. Uh, so it obviously hardens in the cold water and into a weird and random shape. And then they read those shapes, like reading palms or something. The shape the lead forms is meant, or tea leaves. The shape the lead forms is meant to reveal the fate of your year to come, they say. So those, I feel like they're, they're either, those are like, so one way or the other. There's no, no one's ever gotten like, oh, and your life will be perfectly adequate. It's literally always like, you're going to be famous and have a wonderful life or, oh, I'll see the death in you. you Yeah, right. Yeah. And our buddies in Denmark, Cho, uh, (laughs) according to this, what they do on New Year's, it says in Denmark on New Year, it's traditional, and I like this one. To throw plates and dishes against your friends and neighbors' front door. Shatter your plates and dishes against the front door. And the tradition states that if you live in the house, you wake up, the bigger the pile the next morning, the more luck you'll have that year. So it's like... Because you have more friends. You have more friends. You have more friends and people are close to it. It's like, it's funny to... Imagine a Danish person like waking up on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day and opening the door to a clean doorstep and being like, oh, no. Yeah. But, you know. Or seeing that sad man, you catch him out late at night throwing plates against his own door. You know what I mean? Thinking nobody would see him. And it's just like, oh, God. New Year's dishes, gods, or God, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Scotland, they hold that the first person to cross the threshold of your door after midnight on New Year's Eve is thought to be an omen for the year to come. So the first oh, person that comes into again. your... my Christ. Right, right. And uh, tradition also holds that the best type of person to guarantee good luck is thought to be, you guessed it, not black, uh, but it's a tall... <laughs> Dark-haired man bearing gifts like coins, bread, and whiskey. It is thought that this dates back to Viking times when a fair-haired stranger showing up at your door never was anything good. It was nothing but trouble. Absolutely not. Yeah. By the way, I got to tell you, um, hair being one way or another, I don't want no goddamn stranger showing up at my door any time of night, that's not going to seem like good luck to me. I don't, you know, like yeah, especially of, on New Year's Day. I'm sure that's yeah. I was calling them stranger, but I'm sure that it's funny to think that they're also like they've got a dark headed buddy, and they're like, yeah. "Hey, you're going to come through tomorrow, right? You go, right. you got to walk through the door." And he's like, "Got to make all the rounds or something." Right. All his buddies right. calling, like, "I got to go walk through everybody's door tomorrow, so things will hit." You know? And then they've got a blonde headed friend who's like, "You just stay, stay the, the fuck away." House. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, in Italy and Naples, people throw old furniture out the window to symbolize <laughs> a fresh start. We've done that. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, hits. I didn't know it meant anything other than we were drunk in Athens, but, uh, you know, we have yeah. done that. So, And my life has been better since. Yeah, I just think, do you think it's like the men doing it and the next day they're like, you know, get out there and clean all that shit up or whatever? Yeah. Like, like somebody got to clean that up, you know, but right. I guess it's worth it for the good luck. I don't know. Um, yeah, again, I, I think this was another case of some dude did it and someone got mad at him and he was like, no, you don't understand. You know what I mean? And then, you know, that becomes a tradition. But yeah, like I feel that way with the, uh, you know, the dishes and all that shit. Like all of this, like, can we just all have whatever luck we're going to have and not have to do any cleaning the next day? Because this doesn't sound fun. Well, the answer to that is yes. Uh, okay. Because that's how luck and the universe actually work. <laughs> right. <laughs> it has right. nothing to do with the plates or couches you throw or nothing. It's like, yes, we all we will all have whatever luck we're going to have next if, year. And this all has nothing to do with it. I wonder but, if you know, it's all in good fun. I wonder if rolling people's yards on Halloween has similar origins. Yeah, that I don't know. But uh, I got another one for you. And this one's going to hit for you because it hits for me. Um, uh, in Estonia... Right. People are meant to feast seven, nine or 12 different times on New Year's Eve because these are all lucky numbers. And also uh, the number of meals you manage to eat indicates the amount of it's it, like if you eat seven meals, that means you will have prosperity and strength for seven people. If you manage uh -huh. 12 meals, you got prosperity and strength <laughs> for 12 people. So you got to just eat as much as you can, but in separate settings all throughout that day. And that's something I can definitely get to behind. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know Estonia had it like that. Me I didn't either. know they had that many potatoes or whatever, you know, like I've, I'm very ignorant about Estonia. Most of my knowledge about them knowledge, which is not, not the best way to put it comes from like, jokes i've seen on the internet about how much they don't hit <laughs> so, right. so you know good for I've them had, i've had some estonian candy before that one of our, uh, our one of our fans sent in but like i would i guess have to know um how big a meal has to be to consider yeah, probably, it like a they feast. probably cheated i'm assuming because if I'm it's sure like they tradition did. to eat nine times they sit down they're like half potato that's one you know yeah right <laughs> Is that how they sound in Estonia? One dumpling. That's two. Yeah, right, right. I think so. I sure. mean, like, I think, like, I mean, no, no, that isn't right. how they sound in Estonia. But, 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 I, but they're that. like, but they're a former uh, Soviet. They were part of the U.S. They were former yeah. Soviet deal. Yeah, right. I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. Slavic or Baltic or something. It's fun. These. It does not hit to mix those things up for any don't. of those people, right? For so sure. I, it would be hugely offensive, everything yep. I just said, to an Estonian. So if we've got an Estonian fan, I'm sorry to you, uh, Olaf. I apologize. I accidentally swallow a beetle. That counts yeah. as feast. Yeah, right. <laughs> feast number four. <laughs> They're going well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another one that hit for me was in Peru. They have a festival called the... Shit. Ta Takanakui? Ta Takanakui? I'm butchering it. But I something like Takanakui. Takanakui Festival in Peru, uh, where everybody in the village gets together and just beats the shit out of each other. And that's the okay. whole thing. They just yeah. have, they just have a, a fight club at the end of the year. Um, and it's supposed to be like, like getting all the, you know, this is a tough year. The purge. Get get it all out. Pur yeah, like you're purging it. Get it all out. And then we all hug it out. And then 
not tomorrow, a new year starts and we all love each other again type of thing so, is the idea of it. But you got to go there and just get your ass whipped first, which don't hit for me, but it sure is interesting. Let me ask you this, and uh, I'm asking for no particular reason. Um, are all genders involved? Yes. And are and there... I, Okay. I, I, well, I don't think they're. I don't think they are um, co-ed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, what? Damn. But they definitely are all involved. And I say that because earlier on my phone, I saw this fucking picture that I wanted to bring up, and now I can't find it sitting here on my computer of this festival. But uh, here it is. Here it is. Okay. Hang on. So I got this pulled up. Let me. I'll let me uh, share my share my thing with you here. This is one I saw earlier, and uh, it hit for me. Um, here we go. You said this was Peru, Peru right? So, yeah, Peru. Can you see that? You see the one on the right? <laughs> the mammals, dude, going in. Finish that her. One on the right. One on the right, setting the tone, buddy. Look at that. Goddamn right. Coming through with the haymaker, man. Uh, that's so. Funny. Yeah. How do the how do the Peruvians talk? You Is know, more like Me- Mexican-y. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in yeah. American terms, no. I mean, yeah, they speak Spanish. Yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. I believe the only um, country on the continent down there that doesn't speak Spanish, I think, is Brazil, who speaks Portuguese. That's I right. Yeah. I think yeah. And the rest of them all speak that, Spanish. That's what I was curious about because like, I don't know. I they did, might I have a know. French deal going on down there and one of them or something. But anyway, most of them speak Peru Spanish. Peru sounds French. Yeah. No, have you ever heard Segura um, imitate his mama? Yeah. That's how they she's, okay. She's Peruvian. She's Peruvian. Okay. And yeah, he, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. when he imitates his mom, she sounds, you know, she sounds like um a squala or whatever. Yeah, squala is the word for school, I think. What yeah. was it? What? Abuela. Abuela? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, abuela. I, I think it's mamma. an abuela. I think abuela, abuela is, is a mamma. Spanish mamma. Yeah. It, def- it definitely is. Uh there was some name I was trying to land on and I still can't figure out what I was going for. What's the name of the going back to family guy? <laughs> The Mexican the, the, maid character. It, like, it's something like yes, that. Es, yes, es, yeah. Es, uh, Esqualdo. Esqualdo. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. Esqualdo. Esqualdo. Consuela. That's the one. Consuela. There Consuela. you go. That's a good that's one. A, that's the one I was looking for. Yeah. That's a good and that one. is the name of that character. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So those are fun. Um, but that'll be it for the New Year's stuff. I figure. Well, we got, I told you I have to be out of here in about 40 minutes, 35 or 40 minutes, because I got uh, stuff to do. We got to get ready for a trip tomorrow. So I told y'all we're doing some uh, end of the year cleanup here of our doc, going through some things. We both contribute to this document, uh, but we don't know where each other are coming from. So a lot of these in here are chose because he puts them in here and then just never gets to them, which is fine. Yeah, I forget. But so I, but they are there. I look at these a lot and I'm like, I want to know what that's about. And then mm-hmm. we never get into it. So I want to find out what some of these are about. So and I'm just I hope gonna start that at the I remember. Top. You said, uh, you have a note in here that says, talk about Oliver Reed's death during Gladiator and some of the Russell Crowe Ridley script shit. So some of this I may have heard before because I love Gladiator so much. But what specifically are you talking about there? I know Oliver Reed died during Gladiator and he was a legendary drunk, drunk motherfucker. Um, well, I'll get the Oliver, I'll get the script stuff out of the way first because I feel like the Oliver Reed stuff. Actually, both of these are gonna we're gonna comment on them a lot. But so the 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 script stuff was like, dude, apparently, like so much of the movie Gladiator was not 
at all written down and it was just improv from a lot of the actors because like Ridley Scott had basically, and and by the way, I'm going from memory here on something I heard. He'd like blocked it all out and shit and like, all right, we're doing this here and this here or whatever. But like a lot of the script, like it didn't really hit for some of the people. They were like, ah, this is a little, you know, dog shit. And so he gave them opportunities like, all right, well, just go in there and you do what you do. So like the famous I am Maximus speech, Russell Crowe just made that shit up. Like that was all him. I swear to God. Not on, Okay. He worked no, on it. He worked like, on it. He worked to, okay. on it. Yes, that's he still, worked. That's on still it. super, super rad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, no, he but, worked yeah. on it himself. Like, yeah, he didn't just like. Okay, Come I'm going to just start talking. He yeah. was like, but I this was, is what would hit for me to say right here, and he was yeah, right. And I, Shit he was iconic. fucking a hundred percent right. And I'm I'm sure that it went through different versions. He probably did this like, oh, that's great. Let's work off that. But like, and yeah, apparent dude. Apparently, so many of the greatest things that were about that movie, like Russell would just, he would read his lines, and he's like, I ain't saying that shit. No fucking way. And they're like, all right, we'll just say the shit that you want to say. And so he would, and, uh, you know, made the movie hit a lot harder. But the Oliver Reed shit, I too knew that he died. But I had no idea the conditions of his death. So Oliver Reed, I'd, I'll be honest with you, I know less about him than I wish I did, because he seems like somebody that would be great to talk about on this show and I, I yeah, will do that be, right because he was he's one of them old dog like old uh, Shakespearean act British yes. actor guys who was very like very respected Stoic. in that world, but all yeah, but was also a fucking hard drinking lunatic, right? Like a he went legendary hard. Yeah, right. booze hound so right. much so that like you know Ridley Scott was they were they wanted a guy like that because obviously you know those are the type of dudes that make these type of movies like hit harder. You always have the Shakespearean dudes. And they wanted him, but, like, they had a condition. They were like, all right, we got to have somebody that's on him at all times to make sure that he's not drunk as fuck during the set, during the during the scenes. Because, like, apparently he would do that. And a lot of people just let him get away with it because he hit so hard. But, like, Ridley Scott's like, we're making a goddamn huge budget epic here. And every day we're spending this much money. We can't have reshoots. So Oliver Reed's like, all right, cool. I won't drink while we're filming. Um but then what would happen was they were doing this like on location. I can't remember where. And right down from where they were shooting, there was this pub. So Oliver Reed's like, I won't drink while we're filming. But the very second that we mm-hmm. get done shooting, I'm going to that pub and I'm getting fucking hammered. And apparently he did this like, you know, literally all the time. He becomes friends with all the people down there. And like, it's a bunch of young people who like, I think I think I heard somebody saying like, and Oliver loved it because like they didn't really know who he was and he could just kind of like be himself. And it, so he's he's like wanting to drink all these young people under the table and is because he can just fucking go, dude. And um, anyways, one night he's down there. And he's drinking, and all these people are like, oh, I'll drink more than you. He's like, oh, fuck you, you can't, blah, blah, blah. And he drunk himself to death. <laughs> he just, he just like, finished a beer and then was like, mm, I don't think I feel good, and just laid on the floor and died. Okay, uh, my question about that, and you may not know the answer, but are you like, you know, people can die from alcohol poison. You can drink too much and die. But if you're a 70-something-year-old lifelong hard drinker that would be an insane amount of alcohol to achieve that okay that's what i was about to say or was it that it all just called up to him it all called up to him yeah Yeah, right he had a heart attack and then like you know we all know famously he had he had and it's really a bummer because the way i was hearing it was like that scene where he dies that they famously cgi'd his face into 
it was going to go so much harder, you know, were they able to actually have him in it. So that's a bummer, but like all in all movie fucking rules, but I, and I can't but, even imagine it going harder. I know. No, one of my all time favorites. And I, I haven't, I mean, I've rewatched it plenty of times, but not in a while, but that, the fact that came out in 2000 or whatever, and they had to like CGI his face for a scene because he had died. Nightmare. But like you can, or like it plays though, right? Oh, in dude, the movie. Like I, 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 about only, say, I, I only I don't knew even after know. they told me. I about to say, me too. And I still kind of don't understand how they did that. Because I don't like either. there's been newer movies where they do like a similar thing. And it don't and the, hit. And the person looks off. Like the technology is right. very good, but it's an uncanny valley thing where they just look off. But I don't remember thinking he looked off in any scene in that movie. You know, Man, like the I, only well, and it's I think they only CGI'd him in that like literally that one scene where yeah, they come scene, to yeah. kill him. But here's here's because I agree with you. I, I could not agree with you more. My only reasoning for like why they were able to do it is a it's only for one thing, so it's not like you're seeing him a bunch. And and b the lighting was just really dark and they lit it so dark that it was like, you could only like, you know what I'm saying? Like you didn't need to see much of him. Like right. only, that's the only way that I can explain it because I could not agree more. Like I've seen some shit that came out this year from companies that spend billions of dollars on this shit. And I'm like, right. come on dog. Like, are you for real? Like why? But like, yeah, it just, it just plays. And like I said, the day I found, I heard that and then went back and watched the movie. I was like, well, I'll be goddamned. So, I, dude, can you imagine what fucking was going through Ridley Scott and all them's brain in right. 2000? Like, in yeah, 2000, that would be a big like, deal this now. This is impossible. Yeah, right, right. exactly. I, yeah. What the fuck, bro? But, yeah, they pulled it off. But, like, to me, it was I was just blown away to know that, like, half of what I consider one of the greatest movies of all time was just improvised as fuck, which I think Yeah, is that's wild. All right, so next up on the show list, apparently Betty Davis stank. <laughs> okay. Go on. So, well, there there is an accompanying uh, picture below that. I so I, I saw it. I was yeah. just I was going through uh, Twitter, and I just and I follow a lot of like old history film shit, and I saw this you want on me Twitter. To bring it up. Bring up the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Okay. Well, and this really hit for me. You saw this on Twitter. I, I saw this on Twitter, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Well, I I must." And I put that note there so that I would hopefully read more about Betty Davis. But here it is. This is a letter from Joan Crawford to Robert Aldrich during the filming of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. This is what Joan Crawford said. August 11th, 1962. Bob, dear, I hope by now you have had an opportunity to talk with Betty about her body odor. It is, a, it is quite the distraction for me working within close proximity to her. If she refuses to bathe or wear adequate deodorant, I have found myself gagging on several occasions during the filming fondly joan fondly joan fondly uh yeah. now correct me if i'm wrong well i'm not wrong they famously like fucking hated each other right like they have yes. like a massive feud and whatever so it's like i feel like you kind of got to take this with a grain of salt no. to me what if the feud started with the stank what if well, it was I, mean, stank, I guess that's feud. possible i didn't think you're about thinking it that feud way. then stank i'm suggesting stank then feud it's funny, somebody stanks so much, you're just like, I hate that bitch. And it's a lifelong yeah. fucking grudge you hold against them. Well, like, dude, she just stank. God damn, she stank. Well, in her defense, someone who stank, uh, all the time, that's not the only thing that don't hit about them. You know what I mean? And also, like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> 
<laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Because like, I, yeah, no, and like, yeah, yeah and like, that is generally because, the truth. That's just such a funny thing to say. People that stink but, all the time, that ain't the only thing that don't hit about them. <laughs> okay, and like, for, forgive me, when when if you're thinking that I mean like, you know, oh, poor people that can't afford bathing or the, I'm not talking about that. Betty Davis was not that person. What I mean is like, you're, you are working in an industry where you're having to work closely with people and you have so little respect for them that you don't give a fuck how you smell. To me, it's not, it shows more than just I stink. It's like I stink and also I don't give a shit if I'm making your working conditions worse because I don't give a fuck about you. So like, oh, I just farted. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like she probably was a bitch too if she's going to stink like that. So, well, look, it might be Joan that was a bitch. So I, I just Googled it. I Googled Joan Crawford, Betty Davis feud, and there's a Harper's Bazaar article that goes into the whole thing. We ain't got to go over it all right now. Maybe we could revisit it at a later date because it's a very POA subject. But according to this, the origin of the feud came in 1933 when Betty Davis had her first big, like, starring role coming out. And right when it was about to come out, uh, Joan Crawford and Douglas Fairbanks divorced that day and it overshadowed Shadowed, yeah, her starring that. turn and that made her not like Joan and then that was the beginning of it and then later Joan married a man that Betty had loved and all this so it was some you know some spurned lover shit and then uh just and then just a bunch of stuff from there but so no dude according to this the feud started in 1933 that letter we read was from 1962 so that's 30 yeah. years into a long-running hardcore feud when she was like this bitch stank so i'm inclined <laughs> yeah. to so she might not stank as bad i i'm inclined to give betty davis the the benefit of the doubt there in terms of stanking because you know it's like you're you know your biggest nemesis or whatever right. being like this dude ain't funny he don't hit yeah, yeah right. like send like a message to somebody being like this dude's a fucking hack he don't hit he's not funny at all that wouldn't hold any water coming of from course. somebody that everybody knows hates you you know what right. i mean or unless that's why stayed. they hated me yeah no it, it right two things could be true but yes i'm i'm willing to agree that it's possible she didn't quite stink that bad all um, right I want to do a whole ep this I, the, the reason I share that I want to do a whole episode that's nothing but hot guys from the golden era of uh, of Hollywood because that yeah. whole dude we could do a whole episode just on the Betty Davis Joan Crawford shit cuz that is tantalizing stuff. Yeah, we should still do it and it'll hit hearing us talk about it but also just a shout out cuz I know it hits for you too. Uh, you must remember this. Yes. The, uh, Karina Longworth um podcast which is kind of all about that it's all about uh, this and it's, yeah and it's very good and definitely um, where i would go for some of my research and yes dude shout out karina longworth that podcast you must remember this is um it's if it's not my favorite podcast of all time it's definitely in my top five i listen to dude coming to hollywood to stay with you and stuff and then walking around burbank listening to that podcast just some of my fondest memories so everybody that listens to this show um, you will love that show and you will also listen to it and then go, Oh, by comparison, putting on airs fucking sucks because it's real good. I mean, we funnier though. That's right. Yeah. We dumb and hit in that way. She's right. very scholarly and studious with her That's research right. and whatnot. Funny. We're we just talk out of our butts and right. in a in a stupid sounding way. Talk we need to get her on the show. Yeah, I mean that would be incredible. Uh all right, Cho, next one up. Heidi Fleiss, and you wrote in parentheses, include last action hero story. 
So Heidi okay. Flass, what's up with it? You know what's like my introduction to Heidi Flass, I think, came through Kid, Kid Rock. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Matt to too. the stars, call Heidi <laughs> Flass, and if the price is right, price is right I'm gonna, then I'll make I'm my bet, boy, and let California, California a, a, why, why they call, call me, me the cowboy, cowboy, baby. Yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah listen. One of the greatest songs of all time. Sure. The man might be, you have your opinions about him at this day. He's one of them that's like kind of been tough, because it's like a lot of the things he has like done, I'm like, ah, I, I can't, yeah. but like, I'm white trash and grew up yep. in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I'm not going to fucking front to people like kid rock did not hit for me. I'm just not going to do that. Like he did, he did hit for me. I know he's a fraud. He grew up rich in Detroit and all that shit. And I'll, I know none of that matters, but I know, but he used to slap. I'm saying though. none of that he matters did. to his he talent. Did. Yeah. Right. Because me and I think me and you talked about this in Nashville together that like, you know, what people always do whenever something like this happens with kid, like a kid rock type comes out and says some shit they disagree with, they always go down and like, he ain't even good anyways. Like he ain't ever yeah, even had a hit. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, guys, you can not like him all you want. And you can say that none of his new stuff has been good, but my man had an incredible run in the nineties and two thousands. And they were all certified bangers, slappers and twangers that I fucked with. And like, yeah, I'm not going to be disingenuous and pretend like that's not true. And also those songs are so important to me in the foundation of my childhood that like they go, well, you don't listen to them anymore. Do you all the time? Oh, I do. All yeah. All the time. So, I know I've told you this before and I think I've shared this on the well-read podcast, but I'll share it again here. Cause it ain't never going to happen for various reasons, but like, we're making sketches for Comedy Central. One idea I had, which I knew we couldn't do, probably because we'd have to get the music rights or whatever, but an idea I had for a sketch was it was me kind of cleaned up in a Wall Street conference room, right? And the idea was these other Wall Street guys, they were confronting me with the fact that they had found out that I was actually poor white trash, right? I had been faking... Being, and they, you know, so I was no longer welcome there. Like, is this true? You grew up, you know, you're trailer, you're a trailer American. Right. What the, and I'm like, so it's like an interrogation scene and I'm trying to deny that I'm trash. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm like, put, I'm like swerving all their questions and all this stuff, or whatever. And it seems like it's gone. Okay. And then they pull out a Bluetooth speaker and they're like, just one last thing, if you don't mind. And they hit play and you hear. Ball the beginning the ball. of Ball with the Ball start, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of like, I'm like, I don't know what this is about. Sweating. Like, yeah, sweating. Yeah, fucking description. Like, guys, Dang. what are we doing? Can we just, can we just get sushi? What are we doing? Let's go. I don't know why you guys are doing this. Or whatever. And then it gets to, uh, my name is Kid, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there about to explode. It's like Kid Rock, and I flip the table over, and my sleeve just flies. <laughs> ball with the ball. I've got tattoo, I've got a neck tattoo all of a sudden. I'm just slamming shit everywhere and whatnot. Cause uh, that's so funny. If you white trash, you can't not go hard to that song, dude. I don't care. <laughs> I it's don't impossible. Care. It's a white trash anthem, baby. But anyway, Heidi Flies. So Heidi Flies. The only reason that Heidi Flies is in there is that like I just put like I know of the whole deal of her being the Hollywood madam and you know getting all these like. Uh, expensive escorts to all these dudes so obviously i wanted to do a pro show that was just about you know her life and that whole deal because i find it interesting but the last action hero part which is a tidbit that i was like i've got to remember to say this shit is that so during the production of last action hero there was steve roth who was like one of the heads at Sony. I don't know if he's still there. I don't know any of that shit. He was one of the heads of Sony. And also I think he was like a quasi producer 
on the development of this movie. Anyways, he was named as one of the top dudes in Heidi Fleiss's Rolodex. Like, this motherfucker got more hoes than anybody. And ever since that came out, there was then this, this rumor that a lot of people on the set of Last Action Hero, like, confirmed, basically. Even though he's denied it, they were like, no, that's true. That if you go back and watch that movie, there's so many of the extras in the uh, scenes where Arnold's in, like, his world doing all the shit. So many of the extras were just Heidi Fleiss's prostitutes that, that Steve Roth had on set because he was just running through them in the trailer. And while they were there, he was like, we need an extra lady to be in this scene. Okay. And so they were just hookers back there. Yeah. I mean, that you know, that's a good thing to have around. I Agreed. feel like. And matter of fact, I bet that that's not a unique story from uh, no, Hollywood production history. You know what I mean? It's like, we need some whores. It's like, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> Steve's here. <laughs> we need some whores. Hey, Steve. And he's like, got you covered, baby. And they're just, just like sucking on a dick going, Am I, I'm getting double time for this, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's wild how like that type of debauchery was just like by Rampant. all accounts ever present throughout almost all of Hollywood history, right? It was always until, there, whores and drugs, whatever, until we got to Hollywood, right? Mm -hmm. And now you just, now everybody's all corporate and fucking straight laced and you don't never see no shit like, or I mean, what, you no. know, we don't really hit. So like, right. maybe if you really hit, they're still doing that, but it don't seem like it to me though. And it also, seems like, it seems like they're all, like I said, they're all fucking, they're all businessy and stuff now. And now, since Katie's listening, Katie, even if it was like that, we wouldn't get the prostitutes. But we of would like not. to know that they were available to us. It would be nice if for once, when we were in one of these meetings, anyone said, hey, can we get you a bottle of water or a whore? You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> old days, that would hit. But yeah, dude, there's no, like I really did believe, truly, that when we, quote, made it, we were going to show up to these meetings and there was going to be a silver platter of cocaine just passed yeah. amongst us. No. 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 Don't, Don't hit. Daylight and a dollar short, baby. What are you mm -hmm. going to do? Y'all, it's time once again to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors here at POA, Factor. Factor ready-to-eat meal delivery service. That's right. America's number one, in fact. Listen, y'all, I struggle with lunch so much. For somebody that loves to cook, and I do, and I, and I pride myself on what I put together in the kitchen, but at lunchtime, I'm often, and today was no different, I've got 15 minutes to figure something out, get it whipped up, shove it down my gaping mall, and then continue about my day. <laughs> and it oftentimes don't hit. Today, because we're taking a trip tomorrow, we were dealing with some slim pickings in the kitchen. Today, I ate scrambled eggs with turkey pepperoni in it. That's how dire the situation gets for me sometimes. And that is why I love Factor, because they eliminate all that. They give you something that hits to eat. Very simply, uh, easy to prepare and right there at your disposal. It's been a game changer for me, and I love them. So this bustling holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on these jam-packed days, and that's why you need Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, and they can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. You can cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season with Factor. Skip the meal planning, grocery shopping, chopping, prepping, cleaning up, and get Factor's fresh, never frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes. All you got to do is heat 
and enjoy. Treat yourself to high-quality, delicious meals this holiday season. You can choose from 35-plus chef-crafted meals every week, which support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, whether that happens to be calorie smart, vegan and veggie, protein plus, and more wholesome options. Cho, keep it going. Yeah, well, if you're looking for calorie-conscious options to shove in your gaping mall, uh, then you can do that with Factor. They've got delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with a round or less than 550 calories per serving. Or do you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best during the holidays? They got Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein. Factor isn't just for dinner. Count on extra convenience any time of the day with an assortment of 55-plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. Choose from quick breakfast items, lunch-to-go, grab-and-go snacks, and ready-to-drink cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. I've been on them smoothies, and they go hard. With Factor, Mm -hmm. you can rest assured that you're making a sustainable choice because they offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for their production. By God, this December, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Here's what you do. Head to factormeals.com slash POA50 and use the code POA50 to get 50% off. That's code POA50 at factormeals.com slash POA50 to get 50% off. All right, now this next one I really want to hear about. You've got a link in here to a story, uh, and... You have capped, you've titled the link Millionaire Who Thinks He Has De Aged His Wiener. So, wait, we didn't talk about this on here. I don't think so. If we did, I don't remember it. When you told me to uh, go back through and refresh myself, I intentionally didn't. Yeah, it's wild how like that type of debauchery was just like by all accounts ever present. Throughout almost all of Hollywood history, right? It was always until. there, whores and drugs, whatever, until we got to Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. And now you just, now everybody's all corporate and fucking straight laced, and you don't never see no shit like that. Or I mean, what, you no. know, we don't really hit. So, like, right. maybe if you really hit, they're still doing that. But it don't seem like it to me, though. And it also, seems like it seems like they're all, like I said, they're all fucking, they're all businessy and stuff now. And now, since Katie's listening, Katie, even if it was like that, we wouldn't get the prostitutes. But we would like to know that they were available to us. It would be nice if for once when we were in one of these meetings, anyone said, hey, can we get you a bottle of water or a whore? You know what I mean? Like the (laughs) old days, that would hit. But yeah, dude, there's no, like I really did believe truly that when we, quote, made it, we were going to show up to these meetings and there was going to be a silver platter of cocaine just passed amongst us. No. 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 Don't Don't hit. Daylight and a dollar short, baby. What are you Mm going to do? What are you going to do? All right. Now, this next one I really want to hear about. You've got a link in here to a story, uh, and you have have titled the link, Millionaire Who Thinks He Has De-Aged His Wiener. So wait, we didn't talk about this on here. I don't think so. If we did, I don't remember it. When you told me to uh, go back through and refresh myself, I intentionally didn't click that one because I was like, well, we already did that one. Okay, I didn't look it up. But off the top of my head, there's this like tech billionaire type dude. Click that link and start pulling some shit up while I'm talking. Who he wild looking. He he looked like, um, in my opinion, he sort of looks like uh, Andy Serkis, like as Gollum. But if Gollum was a person more of a person you remember the old scenes in lord of the rings before Gollum went full Gollum. he sort of looks like that 
a little bit. So and, I'll just I'll show the people what he looks like here because uh, he is wild looking. You're right. If y'all can see that, that's yeah, that don't millionaire biohacker Brian Johnson, who's 46 years old, claims he has reversed aged his penis by 15 years. Quite the feat, but yeah, look at him. He does look like an elf, but like an elf that don't hit, kind of. Yeah, and there's there's like more... a, like an elf that has a drug problem. That's what he looks like. Yes, and there's more pictures of him not hitting, uh, also. But if I can remember correctly, what he's been doing to he's been trying to de-age himself overall, period. And the way that he's been doing it is like exactly how the QAnon people think that like Tom Hanks and them be doing it, which is like, I think he's like getting blood transfusions with his younger son or something. Uh, he has done that, but he also is applying electric shock therapy to his own ball, his own dick and balls. That's right. He's used electric shock therapy to rejuvenate his genitals, but he also has swapped blood with his teenage son, though. You're right about that. Yes, and, and through shocking his dick, he claims that he has reverse-aged his penis uh, 15 years, which, like, dude, I don't really understand. Like, to me, the like, my dick's pretty much looked the same for a long time. Now, like, the hairs and, like, my balls maybe, like, look a little bit older and stuff, but, like, I never thought that I would care. Like, the only thing that you should be concerned with your penis as you get older is, like, do it still get up? Or, like, maybe you want to make it bigger. But, like, I've never once considered, like, man, one day my dick is going to look old. Cause like, so, to be fair to this lunatic, the way I'm reading this is his whole thing with it is kind of in agreement with what you just said, which is that when he says he's de-aged it, what he means is, like, like he has said that he, his, his goal is to have the erection of an 18-year-old. You so can like, take a pill. It's fine. They right. hit. But, you know, I guess he he says everyone should know these three things. How much you weigh, how fast you're aging, and the duration of your nighttime erections. That's his philosophy. So he hooks his dick up to all these <laughs> sensors every night, and they measure, him. Measure, his <laughs> measure his erections throughout <laughs> the night. And I, did you know that, like, you know, like you wake up with a boner or whatever. Did you know mm -hmm. that, like, while you're asleep, your dick is working out all night long? Do you know that's that? That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. Like, the reason you wake up with a boner sometimes is because, like, when a man is asleep, his dick is just cycling through hard and flaccid, hard and flaccid. So your dick's in the gym doing reps while you're while you're in bed every night. That's why I always go to bed on my stomach but wake up on my back. Well, it makes <laughs> yeah, so much sense. Yeah, you just, uh, you just kickstand yourself. Yeah, and I will say this: like, aside from the blood and the electroshock to his nads, um, I did notice that, like, uh, once I started working out more and eating better, I started waking up rock hard more often. So I don't really think there's a lot to it, you know. And like, well, if you have ED, you've got ED. Like, you just can't do anything about that. But um, well, I thought it had more to do with him with adrenochrome if i'm being honest right i don't care for him no no he no he's like a he's like a character or character from like fucking silicon valley or something yeah uh you know he's like a caricature of a of a weird ass tech bro millionaire um, yeah i don't like it also it classified and i don't have the answer here just in the article that you know you put in there but it, they call him a biohacker the fuck is that 
Oh, that's like, Bio hold on. Yeah, that don't sound like it hits. He's doing, no, that he sounds doing? like gene shit. He's like, I gene was about to say, like, making X Men like, and stuff in the lab. What's he doing? Yeah, because I was about to say, like, computer hacking, that's like obviously, you know, going through there and coding programs and stuff. But Biohacker definitely to me sounds like someone who is, yeah, modifying genetic code to like, I don't know, fucking, what would that, like, what do those people. I feel like those people, if they were biohacking stuff, like they would try to create an an army of people that like the part of their brain that seeks pleasure is completely turned off. That way they can just be at the factory doing all their things. So I don't like when dudes like that start playing God. Yeah, I don't either. So I just want to show y'all one more picture of this dude because what the fuck? This is how wild this motherfucker is. Um Tell me when you can see this. You see this picture? So Yes, yes. Oh, that is that his daddy. Is, that's him, his dad, and his son. So that's like three it. generation of dudes there rocking wife beaters and looking sexily at the camera while embracing each other. Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. What? You don't remember the? Seinfeld? No, I don't remember that one. I'm sorry. Uh that's gross. how do you what is like how do you land on that as a you know, family pictures option. They also look like vaguely wet or something to they me. They look I don't know. wet. I was they about do, to say they, they all, all look, look moist. Wet. Yeah, they look moist. Yeah, not full blown, not soaked, but they look moist. Which yeah, moist clammy. don't hit for nobody, dude. I mean, like, no, nobody... moist. You know what's what's like so funny is like though, dude. When they posed for that picture. That motherfucker in the middle was like, everyone's going to think we are so hard, dude. Like, we're the hardest dudes on earth. Like, look at us. This is peak male alphamism or whatever the fuck. Like, that whole that whole scene with all them types who were just, like, trying to be the, the manliest man or, like, the, the peak physical whatever the shit that dude is. It's like, motherfucker, just eat goddamn carrots and drink water and shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. So I say this is the last one. Let's do this one, then we'll do airmail if you want to. Okay. Um, all right. So you shared a you put a link in the doc to this picture to bring it up now. It's on Instagram. Um, <laughs> big old boy, big old boy. <laughs> if y'all are only listening, it's a oil painting of a Victorian era big old boy, like my 600 pound life type big old boy, but in oil painting form, which is rare. I feel like you don't see that very often. A lot of oil. Noteworthy. The caption of it says, uh, and this is from the Instagram account, history photographed. Great caption account. Says, Daniel Lambert was at one point considered to be the heaviest person in human history. At the age of 18, Lambert began working as a prison guard and was much respected for his ability to befriend and help re rehabilitate many of the prisoners. He once walked seven miles, that's weird, from Woolwich <laughs> to the city of London with much less apparent fatigue than several middle-sized men who were of the same party. In terms of strength, Lambert was easily was to easily carry 560 pounds and had the ability even to stand on one leg, some people say. How about that? Quite the feet this man could they could stand on one leg. Yeah, one leg's the size of a fucking redwood trunk. It might help a little bit despite being that big. Anyway, in 1805, Lambert decided to put himself on exhibition, good call, and charge people a shilling to visit him in his home at 53 Piccadilly. 
He worked five hours a day talking to nearly 400 daily visitors on a variety of topics concerning dogs and sports. Uh, <laughs> Lambert also enacted a rule that everyone who entered his home had to remove their hats. Don't hit for Cho. When no, one visitor hit. reportedly refused to remove his hat, even if the king were present, Lambert said, then by God, sir, you must instantly quit this room as I do not <laughs> consider it a mark of respect due to myself, but, but to the ladies and gentlemen who honor me with their company. Lambert passed away suddenly in 1809 at the age of 39. Not that sudden. Rap old his age for a fat yeah, fuck. Right. Yeah, yeah. His <laughs> coffin was so large it needed to be pulled by 20 men. And at the time of his death, he weighed 739 Whoa. pounds, bro. You went 739 pounds in 1809? That's like Dude, 1200 that's like in today's. 1400 pounds yeah. right now. Yeah, that's with the, wild, With the fat bro. fuck exchange rate, that is absolutely right. insane. The I literal also, inflation rate of mankind. Yeah, right. yeah. I do. I think I loved about that where the thing where he put himself on exhibition was like just the 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 him being so self-aware of just like, please absolutely. come come gaze upon how much yes. I do not hit. Exactly. I'll, yeah. Come one, come all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gaze upon how much I do not hit. You're not going to believe Marvel this shit. <laughs> that the extent to which I do not hit in all dimensions, in all uh, directions, this is how much I do not hit. I'm, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I agree. It's like, it's also like he was working as a prison guard. He had various jobs and stuff, and he was just like, I bet people. I bet people would pay me to not hit, you know, or yeah, pay, right. would, people would pay to see me not hit, you know. And it's yeah. like I wonder what he was doing. Well, they said, I guess, I guess they said he sat in there being massive, but also right. conversing with people yeah. intelligently on things such as dogs and sports. He's like, dogs. You ever eat them? You ever done that? Yeah. Yeah, sports. You never played them. Me you neither. Ever, you never played them. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, this ain't gonna hit for people. But I know. I'm what sorry. That okay, I mean, dude, this, okay is, dude. this is wild. It's, this is 739 pounds in 1809. Come on, yeah. man. Again, that's 1400 pounds with the exchange rate. And I think there's a certain point where we all go, all right, now, goddamn. Yeah. But dude, all right. in order, like, hold on now. Before the airmail, as we were talking about with the exchange rate of the fat, let's break down why that's actually so impressive. Like today. You got Mountain Dew. You got all these teeny tiny candies that are full Oreos, of calories. Right. That you can like if you eat a sleeve of Oreos, like you're you're not gonna. That's like you're yeah. getting Blooming not that full. Onions yeah, and right. Shit. But right. like you're getting you're getting uh not that full from two thousand calories. Whereas right. back then, but, two thousand calories. How many pheasants did this motherfucker <laughs> yeah, have to eat? I know. That's what I'm to get to eight hundred Right. Like, <laughs> God damn, dude. Like, Bro. it's insane. I mean, respect. Yeah. Um, all right. Airmail. First one here. Subject line. Corey, you are wrong. Uh, it's cats. <laughs> cats are attracted to babies' mouths because of the sweet milk smell. So they do get close to babies' mouths. Say my name or don't. Um, all right. I was wrong on why that became a, a housewife thing, but I'm not wrong in the sense that babies don't actually murder or cats don't actually murder babies. But yes, I, I, I'll admit to being wrong on that. Okay. Subject line, dumb ex-girlfriend, Trey and Corey. I get such a kick out of hearing Trey tell stories about his dumb ex-girlfriend. For those of you just, for those of you just kept catching up, that's bag of shit, Amber. Um, 
They remind me of a fella I dated about 15 years ago who was dumb as a box of hair. Funny enough, his name was Trey, too. I thought I, could, <laughs> I thought I I thought I could get over him being an idiot because he was hot as a $2 pistol. There's something kind of cool about being 6-7 and dating and uh, being a 6 or 7 and dating a 9. Plus, he thought I was brilliant and that helped. But when he started asking mm-hmm. questions like California is so long it's in the north and south, who did they fight for in the Civil <laughs> I mean, you could track his logic Come there. On. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and and back to when and back to when bridge to nowhere was a hot topic. Why the hell does Sarah Palin want a bridge to Norway? Uh nobody wants to go to Norway that bad. <laughs> I just knew I, I don't know do much, it. but I know Norway <laughs> don't help. <laughs> She said, I just knew then I couldn't take it any longer. Anyway, I appreciate how well y'all represent all of us who grew up in, you know, Southern families and communities. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. Love seeing all three of you in Charlottesville a couple years ago and Trey in Winchester, Virginia earlier this year. Thanks, Mandy. Well, thank you, Mandy. I I assume that would hit when I saw fire airmail. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Okay. Subject line to kill or not to kill a squirrel. (laughs) <laughs> dear dear Corey, dear Corey and Trey, my best friend from childhood just called me crying about her dog shaking the shit out of a squirrel. She said she laid it down to die peacefully in her front yard. Poor, th- poor thing probably gurgled to death, but that is beside the point. <laughs> gurgled to death. It's oh, a hard way great. to go. That's great. I agree with I agree with Corey that animals feel love to an extent because it's probably brain chemicals we don't understand. Anyway, the idea of a forty year old anyway, the idea of a forty year old crying over the death of a squirrel cracks me up. I would definitely be more concerned about the health of said dog. Remember, please, that squirrels carry the flea that carries the bubonic plague. And there's been multiple cases of that in the squirrel world up in Canada. Love you like pork chops. Jen Gay. Yes, that's my name, and you can say it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. God damn. Subject line. How much time we got left here? Okay. Subject. I'll do this as the last one. Subject line. Southern accent versus British accent. You can use my name. This is Alexis. I grew up in small town, Virginia. My good friend Sarah grew up in Wales and England, moving to the States as a teenager. About 15 years ago, Sarah was staying with me when I first heard her British accent. It only came out when she spoke with her mom, who still lived in Wales, on the phone. I was blown away as she sounded like a completely different person. Fast forward a few days, and I had a phone conversation with my brother while Sarah was in the room. After I hung up with my brother, Sarah turned to me and said, at least when I talk to my family, I sound smarter. (laughs) It was absolutely hilarious and true. I hadn't realized how much my accent would change when talking to family. I love POA. I finally caught up after starting uh, at episode one earlier this year. Skew. Keep it up. I lied. That's not going to be the last one. I have to get to this one <clears throat> because the subject line, subject line, hitting Jason Statham story. Oh, yeah. Up, fellas, I'm going to try this again because I do think this story would hit for y'all, and I'm pretty sure it got lost in the mix last time I sent it. I got behind on listening to my story, so I'm a little slow on this one, but in the Barbie finale, Jason Statham came up twice, once for not being on Amber's daddy list and another for being a hot, bald guy in general, and I had to chime in. 
when I was getting batted about at the bottom of the food chain in Hollywood, I worked on a movie that was Jason's first U.S. film. He was essentially an unknown and had never done any martial arts. His background, I don't know if you know this, was that he was a professional, maybe, diver. diver so he was yeah. extremely good with body control and technique, just not when he was pretending to kick someone's ass yet. Jet Li's fight guy on the show, Corey Wynn, and his crew trained Jason, and I remember him being super excited to do it and Wynn being really impressed with how fast Jason was picking it up. The other unusual thing about Jason in that movie was that his inherent sexiness had yet to be established, so they didn't think this nearly bald head hit. So, so they had to spray paint hair stuff that they would use to fill out the stubble on his head to make it look like he still had a full head of hair. He was a really good sport about it, but you could tell he was kind of embarrassed when the freaking spray can came out and they would do touch-ups between takes. I'm going to also take this opportunity to put on my bragging hat for a second and tell y'all that I taught Jason Statham how to use email. <laughs> he, knew, he, knew, he knew I had uh, a cool tech on me while I was on the job and one day we were shooting and he saw me on my laptop and got all giddy and was like, hey, come with me. You got to see this and pulled me off towards his trailer. He invited me inside and sat me down at the little banquet dining table thing and put a new Mac laptop in front of me. It was his first computer and he could not have been more excited about it. He opened it up and then stood back a couple steps and waved his arms and said, make it do something. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, my brain cleared my brain cleared of any and all actually interesting things I could show him and I was like, "Do you have an email address?" He gave it to me and I sent him an email from my laptop and he opened it up on his and was even more giddy. It was just about the cutest thing I've ever seen. <clears throat> Coincidentally, Ki-Hue Kwan, who just mm -hmm. won the Best Actor Oscar for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, also mm -hmm. worked on that film. He was behind the scenes as Corey Wynn's fight coordinator and was going by Jonathan Kwan. He, too, was about as nice a person as you could ever hope to meet. Mm -hmm. He and I hung out all the time on the set whenever the, the fight crew was doing their thing, and he even at one point took my husband and I out to his favorite Chinese restaurant for dinner just because we hadn't been there and that he was that excited to share with us. Not going to lie cried when he won the oscar it doesn't yep. happen often enough in hollywood but i'm so glad it happened for those two guys and they made it in the big leagues they're two of the good ones kind of like y'all love y'all amanda montgomery aka mama montasaki well that mama was sweet montasaki. i'm always glad to hear when the, you know yeah. people that, that was, no hit. i i never met jason statham but i have met ki hui kwan you know if and uh he's uh didn't you dust I, him in poker I did, yeah, yeah, which was super rad. I hadn't played, so yeah, I got to get out of here, but we'll finish it with this story because I don't think I've told it on here. I was, went to a Hollywood poker game like three years into living here. It was like the guy that owns the law firm or the lawyer that represents me invited me or whatever, and I was over there, and it was with like just the most random people. It was like a dude from the new Full House reboot, the punter for the Seattle Seahawks, me, and fucking Kiwi Kwan, who hadn't had his comeback yet or whatever, and – uh a, a me and I was texting you guys this. I was like, this dude is awesome because he, he and he's so awesome. He's not just like a nice guy. He's like, he's fun and great. He's just a good time. Like immediately, he just like lights a room up. He's just an yeah, right. awesome, awesome dude. We were playing poker against him, and like we're maybe five hands in, and I had pocket kings, and I went all in trying to just buy the pot early on. You know, like pre flop, pre flop. And he called me and he went all in too. And he flipped him over and he had pocket aces, right? And I was like, holy mm. shit, 
I'm fucked. This is Raven. Of course, this happened. And then on the river, I hit my king. I hit another Damn. king and knocked him out. And bro, the fa- I hadn't pl- I, I played poker all the time in college because that was when poker was huge and I loved it. I hadn't played in probably seven, eight years at this point. I was back in. Um, I was like, Hell oh, yeah. I remember why this shit rules. This is awesome. <laughs> but he though, like, he was like, he like congratulated me. Like it didn't bother him at all. He was just well, like, of he was course like, oh, not. that was he was like, that was incredible. What an incredible ha- you know, uh, incredible draw. Yeah, that was that was wild. So uh yeah, I knocked him out of a Hollywood poker game once a few years <laughs> ago and he couldn't have been cooler about it. But yeah, I also I didn't I didn't cry when he won the thing, but I was super happy to see it because I've just I've loved that dude ever since. That's the only night I ever hung out with him, but I became a huge fan and have been since then because he's a he's an awesome guy. So yeah, good for him. Super hits to hear. Well, thank y'all for listening. Like, subscribe, download, do all the shit. Tell your friends. Leave us a five star review. And uh, Trey, tell them about your stuff that you do. Coming up in twenty twenty four, I've got more. I've got new tour dates for Yuns. I think the first one's in Charlottesville. Then I'm going to Florida, and then after and then on from there. So just go to TreyCrowder.com and check those out, and come and see me. Also at TreyCrowder.com, you can get me and Cho's book around here and over yonder if you haven't gotten it already you should what are you waiting on go ahead and get it but yeah that'll do it that's right also go to bonuscory.com uh you can hear the uh christmas story that i did i know it's a little after christmas but if you didn't hear it you can check it out and it's a romping good time you can also just be a part of all the cool things i do uh essays podcasts all that stuff bonuscory.com love y'all and stay fancy motherfuckers skew Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, mm-hmm. three, four, one, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit. Today we'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt. Just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at savewithconrad.com.